Welcome to Kingdom Life Embassy. We're so glad you chose to tune in to another power-packed message by Dr. Maxwell Holland. If you are enjoying these podcasts, then connect with him on Facebook at Maxwell Holland. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning. Good morning, every single one of you. God bless you, my family. What a great joy to come into your home this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It is a great honor to be with you this morning. It's a great honor to be your pastor and to be connected to you. We thank the Lord for the season. We keep praying the hand of God is upon your life, upon my life, to guide us out of this challenging, very challenging times that we're living in. I am praying for your family. We're praying for the peace of God, we're praying for the wisdom of God to navigate you in the season so that you can become all that God has called you to be and that we will come out on the other side stronger than ever before. Somebody say amen and amen. Well, let us pray together this morning and let us ask the Lord to just fill our hearts with hope, with joy, with peace in believing. Father, we thank you for the anointing this morning. We thank you, Father, that you are our Father. You are our God. It is a great honor to serve you. Thank you this morning for the Word of God. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. You've been training us up, my God, on the prayer map. You've been training us up upon the family and the mountains. You've been training us up how to live, being productive, being fruitful, taking dominion. You're ordering our steps according to your Word, my God. Father, I praise you this morning. Thank you, Spirit of the living God, that you are with us, that you're guiding us every single step of the way. Remove all fear, all doubt, and all unbelief. Thank you that you're the healer of broken hearts, that you are strength, you are peace in the midst of every storm, Father. We submit our lives to you once again. We submit our minds this morning to the mind of Christ. We submit our lives, Lord, that you would speak into our spirits. Give us a word in season to him who is weary, my God. I pray for the strength this morning, Father, to deliver us from every kind of evil and wickedness. You are God. We trust you. We rely upon you. We depend upon you. Thank you. As it makes sounds, you make sense. But, Lord, I pray that the spirit of understanding will come upon your people. Thank you for being our Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we are in the season, I wanted to speak to us about concerning uh, the seven mountain mandate. And we all know that it is the family mountain. It is the education mountain, the, the religious mountain, arts and, enter and entertainment, um, media, education, economics, government. Have I given you all seven? I think I have. Uh, Proverbs chapter 9 verse 1 says, Wisdom has hewn out the seven pillars. Um, it is wisdom to know that there are different sectors or different mountains that influences the mind of every single individual. It touches the hearts, minds of different people at different levels. And um, those are the seven mountains that influences every society, the media and uh, the, the, the joy that we have and the thankfulness to the Lord that today we can have social media that we can bring in uh, an understanding right into your bedroom, right into your home, wherever you, wherever you are, that we can communicate with you. And that's what the media mountain is for. 
And as we touch on these seven mountains, um, there is one mountain that I want us to focus on today. And I want us to understand what separates people when you understand and live out and have a revelation of this mountain. It's called the family mountain. And I want to speak to you with that about, about that this morning. We're dealing with Father's Day. We're dealing with the Youth Month. We're dealing with racism. We're dealing with gender-based violence. We're dealing with so many um, issues plaguing our generation. But I think that for every one of us, when we begin to understand the power of the, f the family mountain, you'll begin to see how we all shift. Everything shifts. Everything changes when we understand that. And, you know, you go back to just the Jewish people and you begin to see uh, the power of not so much uh, necessarily their natural family, but they have a deep heritage. When you go to Israel, you understand their spiritual heritage and what they believe sets them apart. Small, small nation that does tremendous things all across the globe. You know, you go and study Nobel uh, Prize winners. You, you, you go and see um, the work, the industries, the impact that they have, the sons, the daughters, the inventions, the creativity, the stuff that they're doing out, the, the apps that they make. Um, technology, growing um, agriculture, all that goes with it in, in Israel comes out of a place of where these people have a strong, strong, deep belief in family and they are clear about where their family comes from. They know who their father is. They celebrate him. They believe even that his tombstone and his grave is the most holy place in Israel. Who am I speaking about? I'm speaking about Father Abraham, the patriarch. I'm speaking about the man that God says you need to look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, uh, from, whom, from which you were hewn. Um, Isaiah says that. And um, it, it, he gives you the pattern for faith. But there's something about the, the, the family aspect I want us to touch on this morning. That I want you to know that this is a, the great separator. Uh, personally, myself and even Pastor Z, we both are natural fathers. My father loved me. And... Um, he always put a coat of many colors on me, he believed and always said to me that it is, um, you know, that uh, there's a call of God upon my life. And there, there are many things that he said, but to, to him, I was always, you know, as his eldest son. In fact, I'm not the eldest. My, my older brother died when he, were nine, when he was nine months old, but my father always wanted a boy. And when I came, um, it's, it was a, I was a treasure to him in many ways. But God had a special plan for my life and God, he offered me up to, my, to, to the Lord and there's a whole story that goes behind my name and around that. But there was no real deep issue, that's my point I'm trying to make, around family. Um, I never had um, a father neglect me. I never had a father, he might not have had everything for me, but deep down inside of me, he would always remind me that there was a call of God upon my life. He'd always remind me that there was a purpose for why I was born. These things really, really mattered to me because it's a family thing. And then when you sit and listen to other men or young boys or girls, women coming through, you find some of them struggle for many, many years just with father issues, not knowing that, you know, that did their father love them or who is their father or the neglect of their father or um, not certain about, you know, were they just an accident? What is it? You know, so you, you have this uh, fight that a generation is in because of the family. And I want to say to you that there's an enemy behind all of this. There is a devil that, that hates to see you win in life. I, I realize these people, they fight battles looking for dads and searching for moms and, 
and and God's love and you know they struggle with even saying they are father because you know they never had a father who cared for them and um, it you need to know it's it's a plan of the enemy it's a wicked wicked scheme of the enemy if you know you need to know what's important to the Lord go and see where the enemy is working and fatherhood is one of the places where he is always messing it's not even so much concerning women I mean we speak about gender-based violence but your real issue is not the woman. The real issue is the men. And we know that. Because when you fix the heart of a man, you, you, you really heal a society. He's not the head of your, the, the home. He is the foundation. And when, the found, when there's cracks in the foundation of, of, the, of society, of the family unit, all of society is affected. All of the community is affected. And so we need to heal this broken heart of a man. We need to take the time to, to really work the foundation of of this man because all of society all of a family all of churches all of of humanity is it rests upon the man being right so we've got work to do i i suggest to government put all your money behind actually developing men um i think there's a, it's been a great neglect and i think it must be must be solved let me get into the word this morning because um if you understand god god wanted a family from the beginning of time and when Adam and Eve fell, he lost a family. He lost a family. That, was, that is what he was after. He said, let us make a man in our image and in our likeness. The ability to function. He wanted an extended family. He wanted a kingdom family. He wanted a royal family. That was God's intention from the beginning of time. And so when Adam falls, um, all of humanity is shaken and, and um, God has to rebuild the family. And it does something very significant and very specific around a man called Abraham. And in Genesis chapter 12, it helps you understand that. And um, it becomes very, very powerful when he says to Abram, verse 1, he says, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. Look out where he pushes him out of, out of the culture that he comes out of, out of, out of, out of his traditions, out of what they worshipped. He brings him out of that. He says, Get out of your, your culture, your father's house, your family, to a land that I will show you. Now, that's really important to understand. Because God made places before he made people. And God had a place that he wanted Abraham to function from. And he wanted all of us to begin to understand that. And it gets really powerful this morning as you begin to understand this. He says, I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You mean to tell me a broken family can be blessed? Yes, he says through you. You mean a divorced family can be blessed? Yes, through you. You mean through a family that, um, you know, mom didn't really want this child, dad didn't walk away from the family? Yes, all the families of the earth will be blessed. When they understand the pattern of what I wanted done, it gets very, very powerful today. So you need to know that God's a generational God. He starts something in Abraham, but it moves on to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a, he's a generational God. And um, there's so much to teach on this because um, anytime a father starts something, or man, a boy starts something in his generation, and his children do not follow through with that into the next generation, it's what we call a curse because God turns the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers because you break a curse by actually passing down a generational blessing. That's how you break the curse over families. And we must understand God's pattern for families and for homes. I'm feeling excited 
um, this morning as I'm, as I'm teaching this. So here's what becomes really powerful though, because when you study Abraham's life, you see what God has done with him. It takes 25 years. Here comes the baby, Isaac, and so forth. And God works his promise through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob has a son. His name is Joseph. But this whole family structure becomes vital for your, your, for your, for your understanding this morning. So when, 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 when Abraham dies and, and Sarah dies, um, Abraham goes and purchases a cave of Machpelah. Um, it's a burial place for his wife. It's found in Genesis chapter 23. Uh, Genesis 23 verse 19 says, And after this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah before Mamre, that is Hebron. Now you need to remember that. In the land of Canaan, that's the place. Now remember, he pulls him out of, out of the Chaldeans, uh, of, of, uh, uh, of the Chaldeans, and he brings him into this place, and it's in Canaan. Remember this. He then purchases a piece of property, and that becomes the cave. And um, scholars believe Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all got buried there. And so in the land of Canaan, so the field and the cave that's in it were, in, were deeded to Abraham by the sons of Heth as property for a burial place. So listen to this. Now know who this man is. His name is Abraham. He is a friend of God. He has a relationship with God. It's God's promise of a family that comes through Abraham. Remember that. That God would not even keep a secret away from Abraham. That's the relationship that he had with, with Abraham. It's very powerful. He begins to understand the power of family. I mean, so much so that, you know, before um, Isaac comes 25 years later, he has 318 um, orphans that he raises, raises up in his own household. Genesis 14, 14. And he trains them up as leaders and they, they take out kings. What is this about this man and this family man that God is able to work in one man and put the blessing on him that whatever is around him, not even his own children, not his own uh, flesh and blood, but just sons that he raises up around the table with him and they able to take out kings. What is this about having to have an understanding that when you are rooted in a family that you, that you can function from a different place? And anytime I'm struggling with my identity or don't know who my father is or I have identity image issues, I struggle my whole life trying to find me. I can't function. It's the people who know their God who will be strong and do great exploits. So no exploits is possible for anybody who doesn't know their God. And so why would God out of the seven mountains, this mountain called the family mountain, it gets really important and powerful for you to understand. So what happens is that... Um, uh, Abraham, after this, Abraham buried Sarah's wife in the cave. And so that's that property. So here it becomes really important. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob then gives birth to sons. Uh, one of his sons has a dream. His name is Joseph. Joseph is then taken out of where they are in that land of Canaan. Remember that now. So Abraham's buried. But now he has got to move. He's got a dream and he goes into Egypt. But look what's on God's mind. Think about what God is thinking about. God is thinking about family. He takes, he needs a womb. He uses Egypt as a surrogate mother. And he takes the womb, he uses the womb, uses Joseph as a seed that comes from Abraham. What's God doing? He's building a family. He plants the seed into the womb of Egypt and he makes this baby grow. Joseph saves him from an economy. He carries the structure and all that goes with it. 
He saves the world from a disaster. Joseph dies. His father dies. Um, he, another Pharaoh comes up after him and, and did not know what Joseph had done. But the people, the Bible says, he started, he started putting pressure on the people. But it says the more they afflicted them, the more they grew. So here comes this baby is growing in the womb. God then raises up Moses. Who's Moses? Moses is a deliverer. Moses goes and fetches this baby. He now then becomes the midwife for this baby. He goes into uh, to Pharaoh. He says, God says, let my people go. Now listen to where God started. He started with Abraham. Watch how far this thing's traveling now. It's in his great-grandson, Joseph. He's also passed. But what's come out of there? The people were growing in this womb. So when Moses comes in to deliver the baby, because that's God's family, that's God's, his own possession. God lost his family in the Garden of Eden. God restores this thing because now he has Moses. So Moses goes and fetches his baby. And then there's 10 plagues. What are the 10 plagues? There are 10 contractions. And the final contraction, the water breaks. Because now the blood is shed. And the water breaks and the baby comes out. The baby then moves out of the womb. Then has to travel through and comes to the Red Sea. When they hit the Red Sea, God parts the Red Sea. They go through the Red Sea. And then God closes the Red Sea. And everybody who's pursuing them dies. What did God do? He cuts the umbilical cord. So now God has got his baby. And even though um, they've, they've left the womb of Egypt, they've left the resources, they're all healthy, they have an understanding. Now they're moving into the wilderness. God then gives this baby its own image. God starts to work with this, with, with, with this, with this uh, baby. But listen how powerful this is because Joseph, when he died in, in, in Egypt, listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. Exodus chapter 13, verse 19. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. What was the bones for? Structure, a family structure. For he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. Take the structure with you. And I want you to see that today as a child of God. It doesn't matter your history. It doesn't matter where you come from. There's a structure, a family structure that you belong to. is the family, the house of God. And God wants you to understand the importance of this. So they move out of the place. Um, listen to what God says. Oh, I love this one. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 1. In the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of the land. Now they're out of the womb. On, of Egypt, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai, for they departed from Rephidim, had come to the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. Verse 3, And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. Man, I have a word for you from the Lord this morning. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you need to obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me. Do you understand how God sees you? When you got born again, when you got washed in the blood, when you came out of bondage, when you came out of Egypt, when you came to Mount Sinai and received the Holy Spirit, it was your father's good pleasure it's his pleasure to give you the kingdom it's your father loves you you belong to a family you are in a structured family you have an ordered family look how far god has journeyed with all of this my god you are a special treasure to god 
He says, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. You're no ordinary person. You don't belong to just any family. You belong to the family of a living God. And I want you to know that you want to set aside this issue concerning family so you can function. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. God says, I've claimed my family. More than 2, billion, two million people walks out of Egypt. What did God have? He had no family. God never had a family before. He starts with Abraham, works all the way through Joseph, uses Moses as a deliverer. Now he's got a family. Now he takes him to Mount Sinai, he gives him the Ten Commandments, and he raises up this boy. It becomes very, very powerful to understand this. So, out of the original two million that comes out, you remember the two boys that were of a different spirit, Joshua and Caleb? He said, now go back into the promised land. Did you see the, the cycle? Did you see that they went full cycle? They come out of the land. They go into Egypt. They go through the wilderness. And they go back into the promised land. That was God's intention. It was a land that he was going to show them. Oh, this gets really, really powerful. God then says, the two that have a different spirit. Remember that the two spies come out. The ten of them said, look, uh, there's giants in the land. We can't go in and possess it. He says, no. Let them then stay behind. But the two that have a different spirit, Joshua and Caleb, he says, they're going to go in and they're going to possess it. Now I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Hmm. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. Let me read it for you. Then the children of Judah, remember they're coming in back into the promised land. They're coming to possess what God said belongs to them. It was the place that God had called, uh, and it's the same place where Abram was buried. Remember that. And the same place where they're taking Joseph's bones, Jacob's bones. They moved with that because it was all part of the family structure. Then the children of Israel came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephnah, the, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word of the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance. Child of God, you've got to hear me. There's an inheritance with your name on it. And your children forever. When God's going to do what he's going to do in this next season for us, it is the transition of all transition. It's about your inheritance that God's speaking about. But only sons can receive an inheritance. Not slaves and not, and, and not even babies. No juvenile can receive an inheritance because they're no different to a slave. But not you. God's maturing you. Why? He wants to receive your inheritance. Only sons understand what I'm talking about. You're a son of God. Come on. You're no longer a slave. But also God's maturing you in the season so that you can possess your inheritance. And listen to what he says. Because we have wholly followed the Lord my, my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. And he has said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness, my God, may you not wander in the wilderness. May you not be found with those that are disobedient, dying in the wilderness. May you come into all that God has got for you. It says, now I am 
Here I am this day, 85 years old. 85 and still going after your inheritance. Working with God. Listen, as long as you have a pulse, you have a purpose. And heaven has got a plan for you. He says, As yet am, I am as strong this day as the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and coming in. Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, how the giants are in that land. But the Lord said, it's ours. And the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him. My God, do you understand that you need a Joshua in your life to bless you so you can go and possess your mountain? It doesn't matter the age that you're at. If you're 85, you still need a Joshua in your life to bless you, to raise you up, to give you your inheritance, to go in and possess your mountain of influence. It's the seven mountains. It belongs to you. Listen how powerful this Joshua blesses him and gave Hebron to Caleb. What? What? The same place that Abraham, Isaac and Jacob is buried. He gives him the family mountain. Glory be to God. And gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephna, as an inheritance. He wanted that mountain. Caleb says, I want Hebron. Hebron is the family mountain. It's going to get very powerful this morning. Watch. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephna, as it is to this day. He wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron formerly was Abba, Greg uh, Simon, and so forth. The land at rest from war. Listen to Judges chapter 1 verse 20. Now number one, Hebron Hebron means friendship. Hebron is covenant relationships. That's what Hebron means. It's a place of covenant with God. It's a family place. This is the mountain that he had to go after first. He says that's the mountain. That's where Abraham, Isaac and Jacob is. That's the mountain that we're after. Listen to Joshua 14, 6 verse, uh, Joshua, Judges, sorry, 1 to, and verse 20. They gave, and they gave Hebron to Caleb, as Moses had said. Then he expelled there, from there, the three sons of Anak, three giants in that place, holding up that mountain. When you, when you study Hebron, you'll find Hebron is the mountain that's above all the other mountains. It's, 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 it's elevated. It's the family mountain that's elevated. You've got to hear me today. If you do not possess this family mountain, if you do not form part of God's family, if you do not understand who you are as the family of God, you cannot do exploits in the kingdom of God. You cannot live in, the, in Canaan land. You cannot possess the promises of God. You cannot enter into the media. You cannot enter into arts and entertainment. You cannot enter into education. You cannot go and, and be creative. You cannot go into government. You cannot go in, into, into economics. I'm seeing sons and daughters struggling with finances, struggling with, to, to put business deals together for one reason only. They don't understand the power of the kingdom of God, that this is a family business. And, and kingdom business is big business, child of God. 
There's giants in there that doesn't want you to come and know and understand that you are family. It's not family, not a big deal. No, no family is about your image. Family has got to do with your identity. Family has got to do with your positioning in the kingdom of God. That's why God gave you a family. You understand that Jesus, when he came out of the water and he gets water baptized, 30 years old, the voice out of heaven comes and says, this is my beloved son. What was that? Family? Identity? Did he perform one miracle? Not one. Never turned water into wine yet. Never raised anybody from the dead yet. Never did anything to impress and say, well, let me prove I am. He said, prove if you are. Satan said that. He says, no. You don't have to prove a thing because you are adopted into God's family. And, and an adopted child is a wanted child. Are you hearing me today? It is important for you to understand that because you need to receive. Uh, for as many as received him, to them he gave power to become children of God. It gives you a power. It delivers to you a power. I didn't know the kind of battles that other people are facing when it comes to family and fathers. I didn't know that people are so hungry for and, and you know, struggle with family issues. I never did. I know my father loves me. And even if I fall down, I know that he'll lift me up again. And if I made a mistake, my father is not there to beat me up. Because my father loves me. Come on, somebody. Say, my father loves me. Because you don't have to ask yourself, you know, is God okay with you? You just have to ask, is God okay with Jesus? For as he is, he's the sample son. He's your big brother. As he is, so are we in this world. We belong to a family. This is a royal family. And you belong in this mountain. You need to go and settle all your issues around this family mountain. Because there's money that's attached to that. It's how you function in the earth. A slave or somebody who's even illegal in this nation is not certain about tomorrow's food. Not certain about how things are going to work out tomorrow. A citizen, when you know there's plenty in daddy's house, my God, no one can stop you. It fixes an image on the inside of you. Like you know, like you know, like you know. Like what Peter says, 1 Peter 2 verse 9. But you are chosen generation. You are royal priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people. You, his own special people. Come on somebody. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now you've obtained mercy. Come on, somebody. God's not holding anything against you. Don't let the giants in that land. Come on, I'm going to drive them out in the mighty name of Jesus. There are no slaves that operate in that mountain. It's only sons and daughters in that mountain. There's nobody fearful in that mountain. You are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. There's nobody that feels inferior in that mountain. It's not the color of your skin. You are no, you are an, you are an adopted child. You are wanted child. You've been chosen by God. I am royalty. I belong here. Can somebody just praise the Lord this morning and say, Lord, I know I belong here. Forgive me for rejecting your love. Come on, receive God's love this morning. Just get up and receive God's love. Just receive his goodness. Receive him as your father. Go and sit on his lap. Go and tell him your fight. Go and tell him your need. But stop acting like an orphan. Stop acting like somebody who does not have an inheritance. That does not have a family. It's a family mountain that must be conquered. That's why Caleb said, give me that mountain. Because it's a place of covenant relationship. Let me tell you today, money does not respond to your tears. Money, resources, it responds to covenant 
understanding. That's why he says, I'm going to give you power to get wealth. When you're going in, he says, I'm going to give you power to get wealth. To establish my covenant that I made not to you. I made to your fathers. There's a structure. There's a people I spoke to that you belong to this family. And I'm doing it not even for your sake. I'm doing it for their sake. Come on, say I'm in covenant with God. Say I am in covenant with God. Say I know who I am. Say I know I belong here. Say that this belongs to me. I say I'm settle the father issue this morning. Settle it in your heart. Stop walking around like an orphan. Somebody who's got no responsibility. Somebody who's got no covering. Somebody who's got no family. Somebody who's got no big brother. Somebody who's got no sisters. Somebody who doesn't got a, a house to go to. Stop living that way. You can call on anybody right now. You know how many people are struggling right now concerning just, you know, just personal issues and, you know, relationships and health and, and finances. You got, God gave you a family. Listen to what it says. God puts the lonely in families. If your mother and your father forsake you, the Lord will take me up. Psalm 27 says, can somebody this morning begin to thank the Lord? Oh my God. Can somebody understand this? That when Jesus, they asked him, said, teach us how to pray. He said, you pray like this. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You have a father, man. You got an Abba. You got a daddy. You got a source. You have a father. The curse was broken through Jesus Christ. He turned the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. That's why there's no curse upon you. That's why there's no curse upon me. I don't ever want my children to ever struggle around me thinking that daddy will hold back stuff. Or daddy's not going to pray for them. Or I mean whatever they need when they walk through this house, they don't stay with me anymore. But they'll walk through, you open up the fridge and they open up the doors like they own the place. Why? It's daddy's house. Stop acting like you can't ask your father. Stop walking around like you don't have a God, a, a father who cares for you. Not a God who's afar off and that you must beg and roll over and cry to get his attention. What kind of a child is that? No, you don't have to cry and get his attention. You can go and even, you can have a, a silent prayer and God will hear you where you are. Because he's that kind of God. He's right there where you are. Whatever you need is, he's there for you. He's fighting for you. Are you hearing me today? That's when he said, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. I will build. That's oikos. It's a family. I'm going to build a family. And the gates of hell. Not going to build a physical building. I'm going to build you. The ecclesia. Refers to the. A firm foundation, the word church literally means those called out. Come on, man, put out the I'm special. Say I'm called out. It often means an assembly of people or congregation. You're called out one. You've been chosen by God. You've been chosen. God handpicked you to be a part of his family. Can Don't let the enemy fight you around this family mountain. Many people are struggling around this family mountain. And I really believe God wants to settle this family issue this morning inside of you. Stop rejecting his love for you. Stop saying, walking around like you don't have help. You have a father. And I know the father's care for me. Because he's good to me. He's good to me. Come on somebody. That's why he says, I will dwell with them. 2 Corinthians 6.16 I will dwell in them. And walk among them. I will be their God. And they shall be my people. 
Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. This morning you need to be cleansed from all the filth and the stuff you've been involved in because your father knows that when you come to him, you come with clean hands and a pure heart. He says, come out from the filth. Come out from the addiction. Come out from the lies of the enemy. I'll be, listen to what he says. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I'll be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. You understand how important it is for you to go, go run to the father. Don't run from God. Don't go and live with the pigs and stay in the pigsty. We know this has been a tough season, but get up from where you are and get back to the Father's house. Get back into the presence of Almighty God. Get praying again. Get knowing that God is fighting for you, that you have a Father. Psalm 68 verse 6, God says it's a solitary in families. He says the lonely in families. You can't say you're lonely. You might be alone, but you're not lonely because he says, he says the lonely in a family, you have a family. If you belong to Kingdom Life Embassy or any other church, you are blessed, man. You are blessed. You are blessed people because God, even if your mother and your father forsake you, the Lord will take care of you. Let me, let me end with this. Hebron means friendship. Another speaks about covenant relationships. You understand how important David is for our understanding. You know, David was the one who was rejected. Remember, it was his father who said, these are all my boys. And they said, but surely there must be another one. Seven boys lined up to be anointed as the next king. He says, no, there's one that's working in the field. His father rejects him from the beginning. Scholars believe he's born out of wedlock because Psalm 51 lets us know that David is praying. He says, look, I was, in sin I was conceived. So, out of wedlock is possibly he was, David was an embarrassment to his earthly father. But David comes up and the prophet says, that's the man. The Lord says, it's him. He anoints him. David never got anointed once. He got anointed three times. The first time he gets anointed, he takes Goliath's head off. You know that. He then has to go into the palace. The Saul, who's the previous king, gets jealous. David then has to move out of the palace and he's operating in the caves. And while he's operating in this place, where was David operating? David's second anointing happened in Hebron. Covenant relationships. Friendship. The family mountain. David was not a family man from the beginning. David never hung out with him. He was an embarrassment to his family. But when God brought David up to take him up as king, he had to go through Hebron first. Like Caleb said, give me that mountain. Now David had to go and go and be established in Hebron. And David had to understand covenant relationships. Not just, not the Lord is my shepherd. It was family. It was operating out of a family mountain that got David to function. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Your family sets up your identity. When you come into the kingdom of God, David became the greatest king that Israel ever had because he became, he, he was so anointed. He was so powerful. He could, he man, he shifted things for Israel. He built and built and did what he did. But what was his first stop? First eight years before he gets anointed as king in Zion, he gets established in Hebron because it's the family mountain. The same place that Abraham was buried in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. And where Caleb said, give me this mountain. It's called the family mountain, child of God. 
I'm asking you today, what are you struggling and fighting with? When God has got you in the season, he wants you to be healed. He wants you to know that you belong. David did not start ruling from Jerusalem when he became king. He started ruling from Hebron. So the highest place in the land is the place of friendship with God. It's family first, baby. It's family first. You've got to put family first. And if your mother and your father is not there, even if you don't have a spiritual father, you have a heavenly father and he will guide you to a father that will teach you. You have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers. What do fathers do? They, they hug you and they correct you. They'll hug you and they'll correct you. Because whom the Lord loves, he corrects. What kind of a son would you be that God can't correct you? In this family, there's correction all the way. There's hugs. We, we huddle. We come together. We connect with one another. But there is friendship with God. Friendship with one another. In the kingdom of God, you've got to hear me. Where blood is thicker than water. That the blood that flowed from the cross is thicker than the water of the womb that broke when I came out. And you came out of. Jesus says, who's my brothers? Who's my sisters? He says, those that are doing the will of God with me. This is my family. When they came looking for him. You must settle the issue that God's a family man. And that you belong. And that he'll send you to an earthly, spiritual father. To raise you up. So that you can possess your inheritance. How would you know what belongs to you? How would you know if... Caleb needed a blessing as an 85-year-old to possess his inheritance. How would you know what belongs to you? Because your spiritual father assigns your inheritance. He gives you your wisdom. How would you know where to go? How would you know who you really are? Except the books told you, your education told you, and your neighbors told you. You need to have a spiritual understanding. This is the depth of every Jewish boy and every Jewish girl. Because they have a father and that father is not broke. His name is Abraham. And they're just passing down inheritances every year. Every generation. They pass it down. And it's a blessing to everybody else. My time is almost up. We are entering into this place. Where we are teaching the world about the love of the father. We're going to see schools change. They're not looking for more laws, man. They're looking for a family to belong to. What is gangsterism all about? It's to belong to a family. They'll do all the wrong things. It doesn't matter. As long as I find a place to belong. You need to open up your heart, number one, to God. Why? You can't love somebody if you've not been loved. If all that's coming out from you is racism and hurt and you're acting like the world, go to your father, let him heal you. Don't act like the rest of the world. I don't find myself inferior to anybody. I don't want anybody bowing their knee to me. I don't want anybody to come and repent to me. Let them repent to the Lord. You don't owe me an apology. Because I've gotten of the victim seat a long time ago when I found out who my father in heaven is. I owe no man a thank you. I go to the Lord. And he's your healer. He's your provider. He's your protector. He'll make you fruitful. He'll open up doors for you. He'll move you to the top. He'll set you up for victory because you become fruitful. Where does it start? I've got to become part of his family. God is going to do tremendous things. I know 
There are giants on this, on this mountain. I know there are giants that's trying to fight you and tell you you don't belong up here, but today you need to fight for it and say, Lord, give me my mountain. Give me what belongs to me. It's got to be the first mountain that you conquer. You, you, can, you, you could be going into media. You could be going to arts and entertainment. You could be going to education. You could be going to government. But you can't possess any one of them until you possess the family mountain. Until you come through there. Even David as a rejected boy became the greatest king. Had to go through Hebron and stay a while and be healed of the rejection and the, the offenses and the bitterness of the past. Because you cannot rule with hatred in your heart toward anybody. You cannot rule. That's why you're going to be concerned of any political leader that is an issue against black, white, colored Indian. Because once they get to the top, their hatred in their heart is going to affect everybody. You must be healed from your offenses. You must be healed from the racism. You must let go of the offenses in your heart. You must let go of the prejudice in your heart. Why? Because up here you can't rule from that place. Not in the kingdom. Because this is the place of love. Listen, stop asking is Jesus black or white, colored or Indian. The color is red. You have been washed in his blood. And everybody in any nation who works righteousness is accepted by him. Acts chapter 10 says that. So please. God wants you up on this mountain. God wants you to think about this family mountain today. I've been called to preach this word so that you can understand. The enemy wants to have the final say. And this is how broken your family is going to be. The devil is a liar. Because when you fix it with God the Father. God will go and fix your whole generation. He will fix all of your family. He'll bring healing. Don't you walk around with that brokenness and hide in your corner like you don't belong. You have a father who cares for you. You have a big brother who's interceding for you. He's seated at the right hand side of the father. If God has given you a spiritual father, you are more blessed than anybody else. If you still have a natural father, go and honor him because you are triply blessed. But I'm telling you now, don't let your culture go and rule in the kingdom because it doesn't go first. We seek first the kingdom of God and the kingdom is built on love and his relationship and relationships with him. Satan's fighting us for our families, church. But I'm telling you, we are to fight back. There's giants in that land, but I want the giants to know today their heads are coming off. We're going to drive them out because even though they want to ship this thing and say it's not going to happen for you in relationships. Oh, the rejection. Oh, the failure. Oh, the low self-esteem. Oh, the, 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 the struggle with submission. No, no. We're fixing this family mountain. God gave us the key for the family mountain and we're unlocking people's destinies right here. And I'm prophesying that over you, that you're going to come into your destiny. You're not going to walk around lonely. You're not going to walk around with a desire to be married and not find God, the life partner that God has got for you. Where is it found? It's found in that family mountain. Pastors, he's praying for you. I'm praying for you. The hand of God is upon you from this day forward. Let the devil know that you are God's beloved son. You are God's beloved daughter. Come on, somebody. You are loved by God. God loves me. Come on, somebody. Put it out there. Say, God loves me. I am loved by my father. Say it. Say it again and again and again and again. That my father loves me. My father cares for me. My father's watching over me. He's leading me down the right path. My father, I know the father's care for me. No matter what is happening around me. I know my God cares. My father. Don't just call him God. Call him Abba. He's my father. He cho I'm a chosen. I am adopted in the 
the family. I am a son of God. I am led by the Spirit of God. I am approved by my Father. Oh, my Father who is in heaven. My God, I give you praise and I give you glory because I'm living in Hebron. Hebron is a place of relationships, covenant relationships. God is letting you know, child of God, the harvest of souls is not going to come because we've given them laws to live by, but because we're telling them about the love of the Father. We have a family, man. What a joy. We belong to a family. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for sending food. Thank you for asking. Thank you for just being a blessing, the gifts. Thank you. The chocolates helped. All of that. What, what are you doing? This is family. This is family. And nobody in this family can speak about your blackness. Because where does it fit in on the kingdom culture? How can you speak about your coloredness or your whiteness or your Indianness, if there is such a word? <laughs> we want family, man. We are filled by the Spirit of God. It's a kingdom family. And we're doing great exploits for the kingdom of God. And if anybody's hurting amongst us, we hurt. If anybody gets a breakthrough, we're all rejoicing. Because we weep with those who weep. And we rejoice with those who rejoice. But we want to see every son and daughter settle the, fa the father issue. Settle the family issue. So that you can become fruitful for the kingdom of God. We need you. Get rid of this family. Fight. Because that issue was settled through Jesus Christ, our big brother. Schools, businesses. I'm telling you, prosperity is going to flow like never before because of one thing only. We are blessed people. If you are Christ's, then you are the, if you're the seed of Abraham and you're blessed. You have structure in this family. It's called the family mountain. Everybody's got to go through Hebron to possess their inheritance. I bless you today as a child of God. My time's almost up. The curse has been broken. Father, we're excited because we can see that the harvest is coming in. Lives will be transformed by the love and forgiveness of Jesus, whom we will introduce to everyone, everywhere we go. We decree that the transformation of souls will transform their environments. Government will be transformed from corrupt to righteous and just. Schools will be transformed from morally dark to life-giving and destiny-forming schools. Businesses will be transformed into incubators of economic creativity and prosperity. Our darkest cities, giants of homelessness, hopelessness, poverty, crime, drugs, immorality, and chaos will be transformed into places of hope, security, and safety in Jesus' name. Can somebody... Praise the Lord that the light of his kingdom is coming to shine upon every single one of us. You're coming into the promised land and you're coming in to possess your inheritance because you belong to a family. Come on, somebody. Can somebody praise the Lord for the revelation this morning that we are in Hebron. We are a family and we are praying from this place because every one of the sons and the daughters matter to God. Come on, you matter to God. You matter to us. You are part of this and you are a child of a living God. Anybody who does not know Jesus Christ, let me say this to you. Let me say it to you. There is a fight that ends when you receive Jesus Christ. Why? Because no man comes unto the Father but by him. And for as many as received him, to them he gave the right 
to become children of God, to be called children of God. When you know you have a father, you understand how many battles you don't fight. No religion can pull me. Nobody can manipulate me. Nobody can put the fear on me. Nobody can say some things about me. I mean, it's not the names people call me. It's, it's what my father's called me. That's what settled the issue here. You can't pull me out of the will of my father. I know my father loves me. I know the father's love for me. The question I ask you today, were you born into religion? You mean struggling with your relationship with God? Or do you really want to have a relationship with him? Do you really want to know him as God, my father? Not our father, but my father. For the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm asking you this morning to make right with the Lord. Why don't you give your heart to him? Because there's a power that comes with him. That will bless you and bless your family. I pray for you this morning. That you would just pray. If this you're serious with God, you would just say, Lord, Father God, I come before you as a sinner needing a savior. I believe Jesus died on the cross for a sinner like me. Today I receive you as my Lord and as my savior. Because I believe that you died on the, on the cross. For a sinner like me. I now receive you. As my Lord. And as my Savior. Come into my heart. Give me a brand new start. Let me live for you. Let me hear your voice. Let me follow after you. And become all that you've called me to be. And made me to be. Thank you for being my father. Thank you for being my daddy. Thank you for having a big brother. Thank you Jesus for dying for me. I receive you today. As my Lord and as my Savior. I belong to the family of God. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer, you're saved. You're a child of a living God. You belong to the family of God. You've received him. Now receive the power. You're a child of a living God. I'm excited. Welcome to the family. For those of us that have been blessed and by the ministry and our partners across the globe, thank you so much for being a part of the ministry. We appreciate you so much. I pray today that you would continue to sow. As he tells Abraham, he says, look, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. I'm going to make your name great. And make, I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. That's Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2. Listen to Acts 20, 34. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands are provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. Verse 35. I have shown you in every way, Paul writing to the church. By laboring like this, that you must support the weak. We are reaching out to so many people, still helping families, still being a blessing, continue to serve our communities and our families. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus. He said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Thank you for your giving. Thank you that many people are being helped because of your love. And your partnership all across the globe. Your tithes, your offerings. We appreciate that. Our families are being helped. We're building some things. We're putting some things together. We're getting the word out. Many people are being helped. And we are blessed to be a blessing. Thank you so much for being part of today's service. I trust you are blessed. You belong to a family. You are a chosen generation. You've been chosen by God. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You have a father in heaven.
you have a big brother who's praying for you. You can boldly go to his throne room of grace. The family mountain is ours. We're going to have babies come from there. We're going to have kingdom families come from there. We're going to have kingdom marriages come from there. I bless you today to your, a thousand generations. I bless your children's children. I bless all that you put your hands to. This family blessing belongs to you. You are blessed with believing Abraham. You are coming into your destiny. Your children's children will be sitting around you. I'm praying for those that have been broken, that the enemy is used in the season to break you down, to tell you that it's not going to happen for you. The devil is a liar. The blessing of the Lord is on you to make rich and add no sorrow. You're coming into your destiny. You're coming into your purpose. The hand of God is upon you. Forever you are blessed, child of a living God. We love you. God bless you. Let's have a blessed week. Amen and amen.